everyone, you're listening to the Arts Fuse Presents the Short Fuse Podcast. I am your host, Deanna Costa. Join me on an auditory exploration of our independent magazine on the show where we bring you the latest and greatest from our arts criticism community. On today's episode, we will be featuring seasonal art. So we're going to be talking about all of the different events, activities, performances, just general fun stuff that's going on in this winter season. I I don't know if y'all are big fans of the holidays, but it hits September 1st and I'm like in my prime. And being in Boston, there's so many incredible artists, artisans, craftsmen. So you know this time of the year, they're coming out in full force. There's a lot to talk about. You can kind of think of this episode as like a giant coming attractions. With everything going on, I figured maybe it'll be worth it to you guys to get all of this extra information. But we'll also be featuring a new artist, uh, another fellow fuser by the name of Ken Field. He has been gracious enough to lend us one of his songs called Canned Chicken. When he was asking me what I would be interested in for the show, he asked me to describe what kind of a sound I was looking for. I requested upbeat and a little funky. I think that you'll see Canned Chicken is just that. Also on this week's show, we'll be covering another holiday theme, this one being Fuse articles, because you know if there's holiday art, we're here to talk about it. The piece we'll be discussing this week is Susan Miron's Classical CD Reviews, two holiday albums that strike like thunderbolts. So, Susan's got quite a lot to say. I think you'll be interested in hearing it. Let's start the show. Alright, everybody. So, let's talk seasonal slash holiday art in the Boston area this 2019. I broke this up into categories that seem to be the most common threads of everything going on, which would be sing-alongs, concerts and shows, movies, and plays. So what's what's up on deck first? Sing-alongs. We've got two going on here. At the Lansdowne Pub, which anybody that frequents the Fenway area knows of, but it's on 9 Lansdowne Street, Every Tuesday in December from 8 to 11 p.m., they will be doing a Christmas karaoke. Specialty cocktails, giveaways, swag, gift cards, and more. Sounds pretty fun. So then we have City Tap Boston kicking it up like 16 notches. They're calling their event Drink Up Grinches. That is at 10 Boston Wharf Road. They will also be featuring a sing-along with a performer by the name of Mel Stiller. So that's going to be on December 21st from 12 to 5 p.m. They will have a Christmas card photo station, eggnog and spiked hot chocolate, Grinch-inspired roast beast French dip sandwich, and Cindy Lou Who pudding. Sing-along starts at 2 p.m. Interesting stuff. In the concerts and shows side of life, we have Blink, light and sound show. That is at Fanul Hall. 4 South Market Street until the new year from 4.30 to 10.30 p.m. every day. Blink features the signature holiday tree at Marketplace Center joined by all the other trees and lights throughout the property. This year's Blink show features seven holiday favorites. 
So essentially, it's Christmas lights that are connected to some sort of device that creates a light show based on whatever song you play it with. You've probably seen these before. They're pretty popular, but this one's going to be like the whole area of Fanuel Hall, and that's pretty cool. I mean, it's every day for like a month by the time this show's already on the air. Uh, all of the tree lighting things have hit, you know, so if you missed those, this is kind of something cool to check out instead. But moving along, we have Black Nativity Boston at the Paramount Theater, 559 Washington Street. That already started running on the 6th, but it ends on the 22nd. The full schedule can be found online at blacknativityboston.com. Don't miss the 2019 season of Black Nativity, the Black community's Christmas gift to the world. It is without a doubt a theatrical wonderment. A joyous company of singers, actors, dancers, and musicians delivers its powerful message of joy, hope, victory, and liberation. I kind of want to go see that. If I do, I'll let you all know how it was. All right, Holiday Pops hosted by Boston Pops and Symphony Hall Boston. This is at 301 Massachusetts Avenue. Full schedule is also online. You can just go to the Boston Pops website and it's right there. A performance filled with holiday music favorites, the traditional Pops sing-along, and a visit from Santa Claus himself. These concerts take place in the magical atmosphere of world-famous Symphony Hall that is beautifully decorated to evoke all the magic and charm of the season. See, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, folks. I just love it. The Christmas spirit, I'm full of it. Here's one for our Jewish friends. We have Shalom, Peace of the Season, at the Berkeley Performance Center, 136 Massachusetts Avenue, 8 to 11 p.m. on the 18th. This one's coming up this week. Free event. The Berkeley Symphonic Winds present a program of Yiddish and Hebrew music set for wind ensemble. The ensemble is dedicated to performing traditional concert band and wind ensemble music along with newly commissioned and original works by Berkeley College of Music students. That's really awesome. Getting to check out some young talent. Berkeley is like a machine of talented young performers and musicians. So you may go to a show like that and you'll end up seeing somebody before they're famous. That's pretty cool. Winter Solstice in Story and Song. Loring Green Greeno House. Greeno? Greeno. Green? Add O-U-G-H and tell me how to say that. Anyway, at that house, at 12 South Street in Jamaica Plain, from the 20th to the 21st, you can catch it 7.30 to 9.30. On the 22nd, it's running 2 to 3.30 p.m. Tickets are $30. Celebrate the longest nights with solstice stories and songs evoking the warmth of the season. Oracle Award-winning storyteller Diane Edgecombe, accompanied by Celtic harper Margot Chamberlain and multi-instrumentalist Tom Megan, weaves together a tapestry of ancient tales and tunes, revealing the deep meaning behind winter holiday traditions. This theatrical storytelling features the Scandinavian legend of the mistletoe, evergreen myths and legends of light, all complemented by folkloric music and songs from many lands. Enjoy the communal fun of wassail traditions. Complimentary seasonal refreshments, including a traditional wassail bowl of mold cider, are included in the price of admission. 
Another winter solstice celebration is happening at the Blue 2 Art Gallery and more at 14 Harvard Ave in Alston. Obviously, that is taking place on the winter solstice, which is the 21st, from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. That's a long haul. Tickets are $12 at the door or $10 online. Join us, lovers of the earth, community, and humanity, as we gather together to acknowledge the good that exists within all of us, the beauty and power of this planet, and all there is to be grateful for in our lives. Doors open at 6, the solstice ritual and blessing begins at 7, music starts at 8. Featuring Linda Vane's Crazy People, The Knopp Brothers, Maddie Roop, Cooked Out, Parma Chai, and Friends. That sounds like some hippie Alston stuff, and I I dig it. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, that sounds like a good time to me. I mean, you, you got the Knopp Brothers? How am I going to say no to that? I actually have no idea who the Knopp Brothers are, but <laughs> maybe we'll get them on the show. All right, moving on to movies. Holiday Classics at the Coolidge Corner Theater. Now, this is pretty awesome. When I was looking into this, I got really excited. If you've never been to the Coolidge Corner Theater, it's um, at 290 Harvard Street. It's an awesome old school theater. It's really a beautiful building. They have these cool events called Rewind Edition. So if a movie that they're showing is considered a part of like the rewind events your ticket goes for obviously the admission to the movie but then you're also allowed into an after party at osaka which is right across the street it is a japanese uh steakhouse sushi place kind of thing you know they have sushi and hibachi they have like a basement level that is pretty much a mini nightclub there's this dj that works with Coolidge Corner and he goes and sets up shop while everybody's watching the movie and then you go over they have a sushi buffet they have free beer free cider like as many as you could drink basically when I was there at least you can just chill in the bar and listen to songs the DJ plays that are relevant to the movie you know like when I did it we saw Donnie Darko so they were playing like 80s kind of jams it was really great very awesome experience If you go and see the movie and you don't want the after party, which is just crazy, why would you not want all-you-can-eat sushi, ciders, beers, and tunes? Like, that's an ideal evening. Come on. If, for some reason, you're out of your mind, you don't want to do that, you would have to pay $13.25 or $10.25 if you're a student. But for literally $4.50 more, you can have access to that super cool awesome after party like come on you know what you're gonna do cough up the 1775 make a date night of it you'll have a great time i promise you by the way the uh, coolidge corner theater does not sponsor us i was not paid to say any of that if they want to though that would be cool somebody somebody send me an email anyhow moving on the rewind show for this month is the nightmare before christmas that is playing at 7 p.m on the 19th the next day at midnight they have this other series called after midnight so if you 
couldn't figure out where that title came from. They will be showing a scary movie from the 70s called Black Christmas. And it's, from my short understanding, I haven't seen it, but it is kind of a um, a thriller-type horror movie, you know, one of those, like, classic 70s sort of ones, based around a sorority. So, probably super creepy. The next day, the 21st, 10.30 a.m., also this is playing on the 22nd at the same time, the Muppet Christmas Carol, really cute, matinee, so it's a discount. And then also the night of 21st, another after midnight series, Die Hard. Now that's kind of a clever Christmas movie to play, you know, because it's around Christmas time in the storyline of the movie. But you don't really think of it as a Christmas movie unless you're really into it. So I think that's kind of clever. That's cool. Well, that's all I've got for movies. But plays, let me tell you, robust. The Boston Ballet's Nutcracker is an obvious, you know, it's kind of a New England tradition around these parts. That is at the Citizens Bank Opera House, 539 Washington Street, right in the theater district. That's already started weeks ago, but it's running until the 29th. You can find the full schedule on the Boston Ballet's website. But to save you a little bit of time, um, tickets start at $37. So if you want to buy them, you can go to bostonballet.org. I personally have never seen the Nutcracker, but there's a, a different Nutcracker that I heard about in my research for this episode that actually takes place at the Somerville Theater. So if we're going to talk about a ballet that is taking place in the theater district, and then you try to imagine what the Somerville equivalent of that play would be, this just, like, defines it, honestly. It really, it just, like, knocks it out of the park. It's kind of hysterical. So at the Somerville Theater, you can catch, already started, ending on the 31st, 55 Davis Square, The Slutcracker. Yes, you heard me right. Tickets are $30. It is general seating. You can find the full schedule online for times at um, the Somerville Theater's website or theslutcracker.com. It is real. So, The Slutcracker is back for its 12th season. Don't miss out on this legendary holiday tradition. It's a burlesque and dance theater production created and directed by the Queen of Sluts herself, Sugar Dish, as Vanessa White. The Slutcracker has been performing to SRO audiences since its debut in 2008, establishing itself as a bona fide regional holiday tradition. It's funny, it's sexy, it's queer, it's beautiful, it's feminist, and it's heartwarming AF. Ring in your holidays with the magic of Tchaikovsky and a blizzard of glittery dancers of all stripes. Make it your holiday tradition. Tits the season. All shows are 18 plus, general admission seated. Doors open one hour prior to showtime. And I'm sure you can gather all of the reasons why, just based on that description, it is an 18 plus show. I mean, it sounds like a damn fun time to me, personally. If uh, if we have a big Somerville following, if any of y'all could please 
write in and let me know if you've been to the slut cracker, how it was. I'd love to hear it. The short fuse podcast at gmail.com. Please let me know. But that is the cherry on top of the seasonal arts events going on in this city and around for this holiday season. And I bet y'all didn't believe me, did you? You thought, oh, there's no way. Come on, Deanna. There's no way you could make an entire episode out of coming attractions because there's just, it can't be possible that there are that many things happening in the next three weeks-ish. But listen, you can't underestimate the Boston art scene. It is exploding. In every category, there's stuff everywhere. It's so awesome. So I hope you guys got some use out of all of those events that I just told you about. I hope you will go forth and have a great holiday season, whatever you choose to celebrate, and you'll tell us all about it, whether that be on our Facebook or our Twitter at the Short Fuse Pod or our email address, which again I will shout out there is the Short Fuse Podcast at gmail.com. So let us know or just yell at us for wasting your time and basically reading you a newspaper.
Thanks again to Ken Field for sharing his incredible song, Hand Chicken. Let's talk about Susan Mirren and her very nicely written article, Two Holiday Albums That Strike Like Thunderbolts. I, I love that analogy, and she ends up using it in the article itself, so hats off to Susan. This is well done. Here's the tag. These superbly produced and sung and played and conducted holiday music albums are perfect stocking stuffers. So in this article, Susan is discussing two albums that came out in November, and they are reimaginings, if you will, of very famous, well-respected classical albums. One is Messiah by Handel, very, very famous composer, obviously. And the other album is A Spanish Nativity Christmas Music by Lobo Guerrero Morales Victoria, Stile Antico. Two fairly different albums, different approaches, but in Susan's opinion, and this is very technical, they slap. All right, Susan says, do we need yet another Handel Messiah? It is hands down the most popular Christmas oratio of all time. Well, listen to Jordi Saval's revelatory version and you can't help but agree that there's room for one more. Yes, indeed. Saval, the viola da gamba playing rock star of early music, has brought an astounding amount of beauty to this very familiar piece. I mean, that's pretty damn high praise. I am no classical expert, but she is, and she's saying it's great. Mozart paid Handel the supreme compliment of reorchestrating the Messiah. Mozart confessed that he was humble in the face of Handel's genius. He insisted that any alterations to the score should not be interpreted as an effort to improve the music. Handel knows better than any of us what will make an effect, Mozart said. When he chooses, he strikes like a thunderbolt. See, that's where, that's where she got it from. That was kind of clever. She further says, Saval points out that the Messiah, least in terms of its instrumental demands, is one of Handel's most sparsely written, especially for its debut in Dublin. No oboes, bassoons, flutes, horns, trombones, or harps, while all are used for in other Handel scores. The number of musicians for the premiere was just 20. Saval and his musicians here provide a leaner, cleaner, and revelatory messiah, both uplifting and thrilling. We'll have to refrain from playing the songs out of fear of copyright issue. But in your own time, I would encourage you to go look up the original Handel version of the Messiah, and then go and give Jordi Saval a spin. Here's what Susan had to say about Stile and Tico. A group of 13 British singers who befriended each other about a decade ago while at Oxford and Cambridge universities, they were hit by a thunderbolt of luck. Oh, see, she brings it back. I love it. When at a choral competition, the head of the record label Harmonia Mundi loved what he heard. They have been with the label ever since, their albums are bestsellers, and they give 45 concerts a year. The group appears yearly at the Boston Early Music Festival, where they have a large, loyal following, which invariably includes this reviewer. That's Susan, not me. But, I mean, maybe I'll jump on the train. She really knows how to sell them. She says, Stile and Tico offers a vibrant ensalada, which is salad, 
for you non-Spanish speakers, by Mateo Flecha, which invites us to be present at the nativity through its adroit use of traditional dance rhythms, lovely Christmas miniatures by Tomas Luis de Victoria, and classic villanchichos, Spain's answer to the traditional carol. My favorite song here is a Spanish early music hit, the much-recorded villanchicho Ryu Ryu Chiu, which was amazingly written in 1556, an energetic tune which is given a witty spin by Stile Antico. The piece is attributed to a Mateo Flecha el Viejo. Not only does Susan tell us a good chunk about both of these pieces, she also almost gives us a bit of a history lesson about where they come from, which I I really enjoy because it's just giving a nice context for the music, you know, kind of getting a little bit further into it. She explains, the villanchicho was originally a secular form, dance derived, but in the later 16th century, devotional and religious variations on the genre became commonplace. The album's excellent booklet informs us that, after the counter-reformation, they often replaced Latin music in church on most important feast days, above all on Christmas and Epiphany. Use of the villanchicho generated controversy given its close kinship with popular and profane songs, especially its fondness for comic text and low dialogue. Thank you to Susan for that awesome article. I really enjoy your writing style, and I'd love to have you on the show sometime. Well, that was the short of it. If you'd like to read more by our incredible contributors, you can find us online at artsfuse.org. If you're looking for more pod content, as I mentioned earlier, we have our good old social medias at the Short Fuse Podcast Facebook, on Twitter at the Short Fuse Pod. If you would like to donate to us, you can go to the Arts Fuse Patreon and drop some money for the show. We would definitely appreciate the support, and we will be coming up with some pretty exciting new Patreon tiers pretty soon, so stay tuned on that note. You can listen to us on a different platform than the one you're listening on now if you'd like to. We are on Simplecast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you have comments, complaints, you can email me at the short fuse podcast at gmail.com all right everybody that does it for me today thank you for tuning in and riding along with me in this winter wonderland next show we will be talking predictions for the new decade 2020 is about to smack us right in the face y'all and i'm pretty excited about it i'd love to hear your thoughts on it uh i I do have a few predictions of my own that I will hold back until the show, and we may be graced by the presence of our dear editor-in-chief, Phil Marks, but that is for another day. So until then, bye y'all.